you have to add creativity. You have to add the hard work and you have to design something that's different and better than what else you're seeing on those search results pages. If you don't, you've got no hope. That was Jason Boyce. He's a total e-commerce veteran and Amazon expert. And in this podcast, we're talking all about the best ways that you can make money using Amazon. After all, it's the world's largest online retailer. And let me tell you, we have a ton of great intel for you. You're going to hear about some success stories, techniques that you can use to get your products to the top. And also very important, you're going to learn what not to do. Jason knows all the ins and outs. So we're going to teach you how to make anywhere from 100 to $1,000 a day. That's right, starting now. And this isn't any get-rich-quick scheme. It takes some hard work. I'm excited to dive into this topic today. Now, in this episode, it's going to be a huge help no matter what situation you're in. Maybe you've never even sold anything on Amazon, or maybe you're already set up, but you're looking for new ways to boost your reps. Either way, we're going to give you a ton of great tips and solid strategies to follow along. Now, before we get into the meat of today's episode, I want to give you an overview. There are a few misconceptions people have that we need to clear up right off the bat. First of all, you should know you don't have to conform to any cookie cutter strategies. I mean, there are so many different ways to make money on Amazon. You may see what other people are doing and think to yourself, well, geez, I don't want to, but I better follow their lead if that's what's getting them the money in the sales. Well, I'm here to tell you, drop that attitude right now. You need to embrace your uniqueness because that's what's going to make you stand out from the crowd. Maybe you see people selling coasters and making huge amounts of cash and you think, wow, coasters, I should sell that too. No, sell something that you're passionate about. You're going to be in this for the long haul. So I want you to do something that gets you excited every single morning. You want a job that you look forward to. And that leads us to step one, find a product to sell. Before you start putting items online, do your research, identify your customer's need, maybe make a list of every single characteristic a person has that will buy this particular product. Also, how big is the market? What are they looking for? What does this person really want? There's nothing worse than launching a product that nobody wants. Now, if you want to read the room, so to speak, there are some great online tools to help you analyze the digital environment that you're selling into. Now, one of the best resources at your disposal is called Viral Launch. This tool makes your job easier. It shows you how many people per month look up the product that you're selling. It means that maybe you have an eager audience. There's a ton of demand. I mean, the more people looking up a product, the better, right? Well, there are also other tools to help you out. One is called CamelCamelCamel.com. Yeah, just a camel repeated three times. It's an Amazon price tracker that can help you see what the competition's doing. Google Trends, another great tool at your disposal. You can see what keywords people are looking up, which helps you plan an SEO strategy. That stands for search engine optimization. Depending on the words that you use to describe your product, you could pop up in Google's front page, which means more people can immediately find you. We're going to give you some more strategies soon, but Jason's also going to share some sweet and shocking success stories that you can learn from. Let me tell you, there's just a ton of details, a ton of how to make money strategies in this podcast you don't want to miss. We'll be right back in a second.
So, Jason, everybody's on Amazon.com. I probably buy at least one or two things there. Oh, I'm almost embarrassed to say <laughs> every day. Crazy, <laughs> I know. Uh, and in all of your experience and with your clients, tell us about one store that's doing phenomenally well. You know, one of, one of my favorite clients, Kim, and by the way, my wife and I are both in that same boat, uh, you know, don't take away my prime app. Um, and, uh, one, one of my favorite clients is, uh, uh, is it goes by the name of walking pets. And these folks, um, in the new England area designed and developed dog wheelchairs, which is, a, which is an amazing product. Uh, they invented this idea because they didn't think that it was okay if a dog got injured to put them down. And so they worked really hard to, to design a, a first and uh, a first to the market product that helps these dogs and and their pet parents live very happy lives. So Walkin Pets is a client that came to us. They had been on Amazon for a very long time, and they were doing just under a million dollars a year, probably nine hundred thousand dollars a year annually. You know, Kim, we did our thing with them, and we we really pushed their story, which is a one of a kind story. Um, how they're 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 literally saving pets' lives, and have. And, and, and making pet parents and the pets happy. And we got, they had all this great user generated content showing these happy, smiling pets uh, attached to a wheelchair, running, playing, That's their great. tongues wagging and their tails, wa- tongues out, tails wagging. And we just interjected those into the listings and we did our thing with SEO. We drove traffic to these things. And now they're doing three times what they were. And this is just a year later. Um, that's, so, you know what? That's a phenomenal success story. I mean, to triple your revenues in one year, especially during a time of a pandemic. And I know that so many people have new pets because of the pandemic, but these are obviously not puppies that we're talking about. These are dogs that are probably older. Or maybe they had some type of disease or they got into an accident or what have you. And SEO is so important. How do you even tackle SEO? I mean, it's this is an art in and of itself. Oh, it really is. And it's so critical. And in fact, if you look at the top sellers on the Amazon platform, the one thing that they all have in common, and we're probably talking about, you know, less than half of a percent of the 1.2 million Amazon sellers, Kim, uh, all of them have one thing in common. They're great with Amazon SEO, which is to say... When you search the highest volume, most relevant keywords for their products, they're showing up on the first page. And just a, just a couple of pointers. The product title is critically important. Um, identify the highest volume, most relevant keywords. And we put the top three of those keywords into the product title. And then we duplicate each of those keywords in other fields, like the bullet points, the search terms in the back end, and even the description, um, we see less success when we when we triplicate them or add them five or six, seven times. Keyword stuffing isn't something that Amazon will punish you for, but you just don't get additional benefits, and it's a little awkward in the reading when someone's reading the copy. So duplicating the highest volume, most relevant keywords, product title, description, uh, bullet points, and uh, in the search terms in the back end can make a huge difference. But when we're talking about that search algorithm, what Amazon cares about the most, which is a little bit different than Google and, and Facebook, is they want to know that Amazon shoppers are searching, finding, and buying your product. If, if you start to pop up on the search results page because you've done a good job with SEO, 
Amazon shoppers click on your product at a high rate and they purchase at a high rate compared to the competitors, you will be rewarded in that algorithm and you will move up onto you know, Main Street, right? Main Street corner lot. And that's what you want to be when you get into the top 20, <laughs> top 10 results. Well, you know, I can imagine how difficult that would be to try to figure all that out. And I want to talk more about SEO, but let's start at the beginning. Okay. Let's say we have an Amazon store. We're thinking about having an Amazon store. And number one on your list is product is king and queen, right? I mean, like you talked yeah. about having a passion for a product for a little doggy wheelchair, right? Um, yeah. How do you go about finding the right product? Oh, that's a that's a really good question and a difficult one to answer, honestly, Kim. I, you know, we, we put this in our book, Rick and I. You, you want to find a product that moves you in some way or that you have some level of experience. Maybe you worked at a retail store for a certain product type when you were in high school and as a result of answering questions for customers that came into that store, you really got to know that product line. So having some sort of base knowledge or even passion about a product is really important. And you know, how many times, Kim, have you heard stories from entrepreneurs who said, I was a consumer of a product in this category and it left me wanting and I knew I could do better so, so doggone it, I started my own company making a better mousetrap, right? And so right. those are a couple of areas where it's great to make a good product. But I tell this to clients all the time. We've got an enormous list of things that we can do to help you succeed on Amazon. However, if the Amazon shopper buys your product with their money and they don't like it or, it's up, or it upsets them, or it, it, it's defective or it gets damaged in shipping, none of the things that we work on will help you. So product is queen, product is king. You got to make a high quality product. And then sort of that second thing, Kim, is make it cool, make it different, make it stand out on that search results page that we were just talking about. When you get on that search results page, if your product stands out, maybe it's a different color, maybe it's a different shape. It's a brighter image. It's a sharper image compared to everyone else of your competitors on that search results page you'll get more clicks. And, and that's the thing is that you want to be able to get the clicks. But before we move on, let's go back to the product because uh -huh. you see all the ads on YouTube and on social media about how you can make a gazillion dollars just doing drop shipping on Amazon. Okay. You and I know that's not just possible, right? Yeah. So what exactly are people getting when they fall down that rabbit hole? Well, Ironically, Amazon has outlawed drop shipping, and that's how I got started on Amazon in 2003. We, we were drop shipping basketball hoops. We never carried inventory for the first three years of our existence in my previous business as a big Amazon seller. And what the, the problem with the drop shipping model, just real quickly, is that the customer experience is bad. If you're not holding inventory and you are not the one that's in control of getting that delivery to your client quickly and without error, you will get a number of bad metrics in the Amazon seller system and they'll ultimately suspend you. So they just outlawed the practice altogether. You can still drop ship through your Shopify site, through your big commerce website, et cetera, but you just can't, I just don't recommend it on Amazon anymore because they will, they will bury you and you will never come back from it. <laughs> um, and so what, what's really What's, what's really a long-term play on the Amazon game is, you know, Rick and I talk about this. Rick taught me this quote, different is better than better, right? You've got to offer something in the marketplace that is different 
that has a premium quality to it, a premium look to it, so that you can justify a higher price and afford all those extra fees that Amazon is going to take from you in order to get those sales. Because if you're just going to copy a product, you can't compete on price on Amazon anymore because the Chinese factories have the low end of the price price ranges um, controlled. Now, people are thinking that they're going to go on to Alibaba and buy a whole bunch of stuff and then be able to sell that on Amazon. How realistic is that? Well, look, if you got to ask yourself the question. If you're going to buy something on Alibaba that somebody else is already selling on Amazon, and maybe that seller is a Chinese seller who actually made the product, can you really make any money on it? Can you beat the factory um, on price if you buy it from them and just a attach it to a listing? I, I don't think you can. I don't think buying the game of buying also rands uh, from Alibaba and launching them on Amazon with any kind of success are over, in my opinion. Now, there may be some small niches somewhere where you can still do that. But in most cases, you have to add creativity. You have to add the hard work. And you have to design something that's different and better than what else you're seeing on those search results pages. If you don't, you've got no hope. Now, what are some categories of products that are doing really well on Amazon? Well, you know, we're, we're still coming at the end of COVID here. Anything in PPE, if you were grandfathered in and approved in that category, is still going gangbusters. The pets category, you know, our friends at Walk-In Pets have had, had a great year. Um, I, I think that they've also benefited a little bit from the adoption rate of pets, you know, pets folks were home and they've adopted more pets than any time in history. So the pet category continues to be amazing. Um, and then a, another category that, that really benefited from COVID was anything in the supplement space that, that had claims that helped your immunity system. I mean, those, those, those yeah. categories were just absolutely insane. But, but on the flip side of that, Kim, if you're selling luggage last year, you had a really rough year. <laughs> of course. <laughs> or backpacks to take on the train. <laughs> or anything right. like exactly. Travel accessories. You know. No, we, we didn't go anywhere. Um, we, we need to take a quick break to say thank you to some of our sponsors who helped make this podcast possible. And when we come back, we're going to talk about not just making it cool, making it different, but now... What does it take to list it to sell and to get the eyeballs that you need on Amazon to make some money? So stay right where you are. We're speaking with Jason Boyce who is an Amazon seller's expert, right, Jason? I mean, I, what else would I say? You've done this. Well, look, you've that made just money. means I'm old, Kim. It just <laughs> means I'm old and I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> um, when it comes time to listing the products for sale, uh, of course, the product image is key, correct? That product image and your product title drives a metric called click-through rate. If your click-through rate is non-existent, that means that people are seeing your listing on the search results page and not clicking through, and that is a problem. So that main image happens to be the most restrictive of all images of Amazon. It has to be on a white background. There are plenty of violators of this policy, but they'll get taken down eventually. It's got to be a white background on the just the product, no packaging. So you can't really do a lot of merchandising on that main image, but it's got to be big. It's got to be bright. There's got to be as little white space around it as possible. 
And, and you know, it's got to look good. It's got to look cool. And how many images should you have in your listing? Five, six? Well, you look, I, I, I think um, on the mobile device, uh, it's six or seven. I haven't checked in a while, but you – through a mobile phone app, you can scroll through, I think, six of the images on mobile. But even on the desktop, I would add as many images as you can. You can now add, I think it's um, eight or nine images, and I would absolutely do that if each of those images tells another benefits marketing story. But if you can highlight in both imagery and in a message that tells the client what's in it for them, what's the end benefit of the product if they give you your credit card, then that that will really help. And then now, secondly, videos become really important, Kim. You can load on a product details page up to 10 videos on your product details page. And when we do that, we're seeing magnificent results. People love seeing the product in action, seeing aspirational models interacting with the product and seeing how it works. I've noticed on some of the Amazon listings that if you scroll down, it becomes more like a brochure. And before you hit the product reviews is that there's sometimes there's comparisons between your product and competitors' products. Is that something that you can control or is that embedded automatically? Yeah, I hate that feature. <laughs> the, you know, that, that additional branding element that you're talking about is called, it's, it's referred to as A-plus details. You can add that additional branding detail and more product detail if you are a brand registered name, which is to say you have a registered trademark certificate from the USPTO and you've registered your brand name with Amazon and it's protected. So that, that allows you to do that A-plus details section. We don't like opting into the feature on A-plus details where we let Amazon do that comparison chart. We prefer to build our own with our graphic design team so that only our products are listed on it. Um, it, it dri- one of the things that drives me crazy is we, we, we spend a lot of money um, driving traffic to our product details page, and we hate how Amazon does everything that they can to get you to come off of that details page. We, we hate that, um, and so we try to opt out of that, that, that feature whenever we can. And let's talk a little bit about product reviews. Obviously, they're very, very important. And I was looking at a selfie light. Well, actually, I was on a Zoom call with my sister, and she's looking for a job, and she obviously needs some help when it comes to setting up her environment, right? She's new at this. So (laughs) I was trying to find her a selfie light. So she could put that on the monitor so she'd look like nice and bright instead of like a little dark. And I started looking at some of the ones that I knew and then I I scrolled down and I saw the reviews. And it was amazing to me that this brand new product on Amazon, relatively new, had, I don't know, 45 reviews and all of them five-star reviews that came in on one day, a single day. Mm, And people said things like, great light. Okay. Uh, made me look wonderful, spelled wrong. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. okay, obviously these are fake reviews yeah. and you want really good reviews. And, and some products that I have bought on Amazon is that there'll be a little note inside that said, hey, can you go and give us a great five-star review if you like the product? Do, do those little cards work in the products when they're shipped out? Okay, a couple of things to unpack there, Kim. One of the things that has me really frustrated on a regular basis is that Amazon has these very detailed policies on what not to do when it comes to product reviews. And clearly, clearly, there are hundreds of thousands of sellers that are violating this policy. 
Amazon historically has always been inconsistent in their enforcement of policies, and they need to do better when it comes to reviews. I think it creates a bad consumer experience, and it also creates a bad experience for sellers who are doing things the right way, which is what we're proponents of here at Avenue 7 Media. And so, so that's a pet peeve of mine. Number two, the fact that 45 reviews popped on that listing and they're all misspelled. This is probably a Bangladesh factory, an Indian factory, or you know, a Pakistani factory that are cranking these things out. I don't know if those showed verified purchases or not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But that's illegal. That creates a bad experience. And so um, one of the things, there's a couple of tools. When you have brand registry that you can sign up for, there's a program called Vine that Amazon offers to brand registered brands. And they will allow you, get this, Kim, they'll allow you the ability to give away up to 30 of your products, five at a oh, time, nice. five, five SKUs at a time, in exchange for having their Amazon Vine reviewer program leave an unbiased review. So that's a great way to go from zero to 30 in a very short period of time. It, it's not going to happen overnight like your fake review example, um, but it's a great way to get started. And in my experience, 30 reviews that are honest, that are real. You got a couple one stars in there, not a lot, but a couple, so that you're 4.2, 4.3, 4.4 stars. Those perform better than if it's all five stars and it's clearly fake, like you sniffed out in a heartbeat, right? right. Um, now, your, your final question was about those, those cards. They're actually also against Amazon policy. You can oh, ask for, oh, wow. You can ask certain things, but not others. You can ask you know, your, your shoppers to leave a review. You can't ask them to leave a five-star review if they had a good experience, call you if they had a bad experience. So they, they, Amazon's gotten really granular in what they will and won't allow in those, in those little cards. Granted, the, the cards are much harder for Amazon to police, but in my opinion, Amazon needs to do better on this front. And then the last thing that I'll say is fake reviews are illegal. Um, there was a big seller that was fined millions of dollars by the FTC just a year and a half ago for buying reviews. So sellers need to be aware if they're going out and buying reviews. I got a call on the show recently from a gentleman who is an Amazon seller. And he got a really bad review from, he said, a customer who he was just not able to give satisfaction, even offering to refund the money. The guy came on and uh, wrote what he said were untrue comments. And he pleaded to Amazon. He did all the forms to say, you know what? I don't know why this guy is writing this. You know, we gave him his money back. Uh, he didn't, or it was like, he didn't follow the directions on using the product. And it was just, you know, you can't please everybody. Every once in a while, you're going to get that person who's just no matter yeah. what you do. And he was having a heck of a time getting Amazon to even acknowledge that it was there. Are there some secrets that if you get a bad review or if you have a customer who just is – I don't want to use the word crazy but is nutso, yeah. um, what can you do about that? Well, before we talk about what you can do about it, which is, which is less and less with each passing month that goes by because Amazon's restricting um, reaching out to the client, they, they won't make they don't they make it nearly impossible now to even identify who the customer was. Um, but I but I think it requires Kim. This question requires a different way of looking at product reviews. There was a study done about five years ago at Amazon, and they compared products that have all five stars to products that have like 4.3 stars. Guess which product identical with, with different star ratings did best? The one that had some bad reviews. And look, most reasonable shoppers 
will read a product review and they will say, that's a crazy person and they'll know it and they'll move on, right? And they'll still buy the product if it's what they're looking for, it's priced right and there's plenty of other reviews. And so I think that, that, that that's number one. It's okay to have a cuckoo crazy review from somebody who's clearly nutso and hasn't really followed instructions. The second thing that I would say, if you have a product that requires someone to read a manual, make your product better. Any product that requires a manual that with a lot of detail that can, that can damage the product if they don't read the manual should be redesigned. Um, the, the, the mantra that I always go, go with is Amazon shoppers is don't make me think. Right. When you send that product, give them a quick start guide, make it super easy for them to, to, to use your product, but don't make it difficult for them. And then the last thing that I'll say about product reviews, it's hard. You, nobody wants anyone to tell them that their baby is ugly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you put your heart and soul into developing a product. But what I had to train myself to do when I was a product developer is to say, thank you. Every time I got a one-star review, if I started to see more two, three, five, or six reviews from consumers who had the same concern, I, I thanked them. Thank you so much for telling me what was wrong with the product so that I can fix it. I, I worked with the product managers. I iterated on the product, improved it. And then the next time I received inventory, before we launched it live, I would go onto the listing and say, new and improved for 2021. You know, and I would claim, we fixed this problem. That's and good. so that way, when Amazon shoppers are reading the negative review and then they see the, the infographic saying it's new and improved, okay, that's no longer a concern. These guys are the real deal. They listen to customers, and that builds customer loyalty. So I think that's a better way to address negative reviews rather than taking it, you know, like my dad from Brooklyn said, don't take it poisonal. Um, that's the best <laughs> way to handle reviews. Well, it was probably, I guess, about five years ago now that I wanted to take a trip to Bora Bora. And so I was online looking at the reviews and I settled on the St. Regis because I wanted one of those over-the-water huts. And I was looking at the reviews of the St. Regis. And there was one in particular. guy said he traveled all the way to Bora Bora from New York City. And in the review, he talks about how long the plane ride was and in incredibly detail about how it was 12 hours from L.A. and it was cramped and also okay, – had nothing to do with the hotel. Then he finally gets to the St. Regis Review and his big gripe was that the over-the-water bungalows were fabulous and the food was great. It was a little expensive, but you'd expect that because you are at, in Bora Bora. And But his big complaint was that when he finally got off the plane and they greeted him and they took him by the private boat to the hotel, that he was greeted with lemonade and a fresh piece of pineapple and the lemonade ice was almost melted. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there and went, you know, if that's the biggest thing that you can complain about, Oh, my gosh, which, you know, goes to what you're saying. Well, we need to take a quick break uh, to say thank you to some of our podcast sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to see right where you are. We're going to talk about the big seller playbook, the laws of economics. So stay right where you are. Hey, welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're talking to Jason Boyce about 
becoming a really great seller on Amazon. And so moving along with the big seller playbook, the laws of economics, you want to price low and drive traffic. What does that mean? So this is this is the big secret, right? Kim, this is why there's a very small number, 200 or so, that are driving the majority of Amazon Marketplace sales because they know this playbook. And here's what it is, okay? This is the big secret. All of the top 200 sellers are doing the following. When they launch a new product, they don't make any money on a sale of that product. In most cases, they're, they're lowering the retail price to a point where they're barely breaking even, and then they're probably spending $2 in ads for every dollar that they're bringing in in sales. Now, you may ask yourself, why the heck would anyone do that? Why would you launch on Amazon and lose money for a month or two months? And that's because of the power of that search, find, buy algorithm. What these sellers know that most folks don't is that when you do that, you get more sales. And Amazon's algorithm realizes that more and more people are searching, finding, and buying your product, and you're rewarded with better and better search results. By the time those big sellers get that new product listing on the first page of search results, and remember, that's Main Street Corner Lot, where all the traffic and the majority of the sales are coming from, they do something that defies the laws of economics. Economics tells us if you raise your price, your quantity sold will decrease. Right. But the algorithm disagrees with that premise. So these big sellers will slowly, incrementally start to increase their price to a point where they can even be higher priced if they're justifying it with great listings and premium product, higher price than the next best seller to the left or right of them on the search results page, and they will not see any noticeable decrease in quantity sold, and they will make back whatever they lost in that first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days really quickly, and they'll stay there. That's the secret, Kim. That's the secret to success on these Amazon sales. What about, is it worth money to buy the sponsored positions on the search results page? Hey, it's pay to play now, Kim. You got to do that. If you don't, if you aren't taking some percentage of your sales and constantly driving traffic to your listings with either sponsored ads, which is the PPC platform on Amazon to your listings, or the DSP side, which is the banner ads, the CPM side to drive traffic to your listings on Amazon, um, then you will not succeed. And my anecdotally, one of the reasons why I think it's so important, I, I, don't, I really don't believe that this is some sort of evil plan by Amazon to, 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 you know, to flee sellers. I think it's a simple matter of when you have a sponsored ad placement and maybe a DSP placement on the first page and you have a placement that's a free organic link, now you've got three placements on the first page of search results page, right? So you are gaining a bigger mind share for that shopper who searched that keyword term looking for a product like yours, and it just adds credibility. You know, they, they used to say it takes a customer, you know, seven times to see your brand before they're willing to buy. I think in the online world, it's probably half of that. So if you can have multiple placements on the first page of search results with your product that's reviewed well, that's different, that's cooler, that's better, um, you will succeed. If you turn off two of those placements, it just stands to reason that you're going to lose traffic, you're going to lose sales, and eventually that great search results rank that you've worked so hard to get will drop. And you'll drop off to the second page and the third page, and then your sales die. 
Because nobody goes there. Um, You mentioned a couple of phrases that maybe the folks listening are not familiar with, which is PBC, price per click, CPM, cost per thousand. Um, You know, when you buy Google ads, you see CPMs and price per click and maybe other places as well. You know, CPMs are all across the board as the PPCs are. Are there any type of baselines that we can expect to pay for either of these on Amazon? Yes. So um, when we're talking about sponsored, the sponsored uh, advertising platform on Amazon and that, you know, that, that pay-per-click, that PPC uh, uh, function, it depends on your category. It's very category dependent. Um, you know, some folks in more niche categories can expect to pay about 6% of their revenue, 7% of their revenue to drive traffic to their listings and, and to maintain, you know, good placements. Others, if you're in the supplements category, and I hate to say it, but if you're in like a very popular pet subcategory, you may have to spend 20 cents of every dollar uh, to drive traffic and maintain sales growth. So it's definitely a pay-to-play platform, Kim. If you do a search for any product on Amazon right now, the whole above-the-fold section of the search results page are all sponsored now. It's all pay-to-play. So if you don't have that spot, if you don't have a spot or multiple spots above the fold, you're just not going to succeed anymore. And I, I'm actually, I'm like a fan of the good old days. Again, I'm you know talking about my age here. We didn't have to pay for clicks in the old days. The products would rise in the rankings based on the merits. And those days are over. And you have to have some significant budget, especially in those first three months, before you can generate enough sales and traffic that can, can support a long-term strategy where you've identified a percentage of your sales that can continually go to ads. Yeah, that's really great information, Jason. That really is. Um, I'd like to talk about Amazon Live because, well, you know, HSN, QVC, they've been around for a while, right? Obviously selling products on television. Uh, And now Amazon Live, is that open to any seller? It is open to any seller, and I can tell you that the results are mixed thus far, and I've got some advice for Amazon while I'm on the show, Kim, because I'm sure Amazon employees are listening uh, to your show, Um, um, but my advice is put the damned Amazon live channel on Prime Video so people can sit on their couch and watch it and click with their remote and buy a product. Please do this. Because I I know that when, not if, when they do that, Amazon Live is really going to start to drive some business. Right now, unless your name is Brad Pitt or some famous person, Kim, you go on Amazon Live, I'm telling you, you're going to have really good sales as a result of it, right? But if the average bear who's not famous goes on and does an Amazon Live show, they're just not going to see the results. I'm I'm sorry. It's just not there yet. There's just not enough eyeballs on it. Well, because you have to be able to drive traffic to it. I mean, you've got to be able to say, come see me, come visit with me. Um, This is when I'm going to be live. And if you don't have that base, you know, fortunately, I have a base. I'm on 473 radio stations, you know, so I can can get on and say, join me while I'm going to be talking about the new Kim Commando case with a C, of course, because we don't want that KKK thing happening. Um, (laughs) Now... All right, so so we have the Amazon store. Finally, uh, we need to keep working it, right? You've got to keep working it. There's no set it and forget it when it comes to Amazon. Just a quick story, Kim. I've got a prospective client that I've got a meeting with next week, 
And they, they emailed me and they said, we've been doing about a million a year, you know, seven figures a year. We launched the listings three years ago and we haven't really done much about it. It's just sitting there and in spite of ourselves, it's doing seven figures a year. And I am chomping at the bit to get my hands on those listings because we're, they're going to be another walk and pet story. We're going to triple or quadruple their revenue by going in and updating their listings and then continually iterating them. Keywords, Kim, they change, right? Sometimes quarterly. So you constantly have to be prospecting for new keywords to put into your listings. Your, your, your customers are going to be telling you things about your product that you can pull out of those reviews and talk about in your listing so that the next time a shopper comes and has a question or, or through not only just reviews, but the Q and a section questions and answers on Amazon, the next time a customer comes and asks that question, you will already have the answer in your listing and you have to continually update these continually refresh these, not just the copy, but also the graphics and the video. You got to keep them fresh and Amazon will reward you with better search results if you do that as well. If you set it and forget it, the things are slowly gonna die on the vine. Jason, you're amazing. You really are. Thank you for sharing your time with us. So um, so tell us how we can learn more about you. I'm sure there are people that are listening right now saying, you know what, I need Jason on my team, or maybe they just wanna read your book. So here's the chance where you can give uh, like 30 second pitch on Jason Boyce. Uh, well, thank you, Kim, so much. To hear you say that warms my heart because um, you know, I'm a huge Kim Commando fan. Um, but yeah, to reach out to me, obviously, if you're just getting started, buy the book. Go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, The Amazon Jungle by Jason Boyce and Rick Cesari. That'll give you a basic understanding of, of the best strategy that will last long term. And secondly, maybe you're an Amazon seller. Maybe you've got a brand somewhere else and you, you want to get involved in this Amazon game, but it's totally overwhelming. You know, go to avenue7media.com, our website. Or you know what, Kim? I'm even going to give you my email for your listeners. Jason, okay. J-A-S-O-N, at avenue7media.com. Send me an email. Let me know what, what your business is. And we'll put you in contact with our team and help you grow your business long-term on amazon.com. I have to tell you, I learned a lot putting this episode together. One of my most favorite parts was when Jason said, don't make Amazon shoppers think. Make it super easy for them to use your product. That's important. But there's also some critical lessons from today. First, remember that product is king. Sell something that moves you, something that gets you excited to start working in the morning. But of course, make sure that there's a market for it. Check out Google Trends to find the products people are looking for. And if you want to invest just a few bucks, Viral Launch, as I mentioned before, can be a huge help. It gives you some basic parameters that you need to know about your audience. So you want to do some market research. Dip your toes in the water, see what your customers are looking for. And once you're prepared, then you can cannonball right into the deep end and start selling and making money. Second point, make your product different. As Jason said, different is better than better. Find what your competition is doing incorrectly. What are they lacking? Then you can swoop in and fill that niche. Fix those problems in your own product and make it look distinct. Make it look different. Don't forget to design a main image that really stands out on the search results page because that's how people are going to find your product. Remember, you can have the best product in the world, but no one will buy it if it doesn't catch their eye. Next up, listen to sell. Remember this mantra. Features tell, but benefits sell. I get it. Once you invent something amazing, you want to tell everyone what it does. Okay, that's cool, but... People will always want to know how it benefits them. 
What good is it to them? Look at it from the person's perspective. Why should they buy it? How is it going to help them out? You've got to make that crystal clear. And remember to stay attentive. Nothing on Amazon is something you just throw up there and forget about it. You have to constantly listen to feedback from customers and respond. Take action to update your listings and products. And as Jason said, you can really impress people by adding the words new and improved to your listings. It lets them know that you really listen to their feedback and that you care. That drives trust, which drives traffic, which drives recommendations. Working on Amazon can be hard, but if you follow these steps, it should also be profitable. And if you like this podcast and found it helpful, be sure to leave us a great five-star review wherever you do get your podcasts. And I'd really love to hear from you. And I want to wrap it up by saying thank you to Jason Boyce for dropping in today. It's always great to speak with him. He's so smart. Thanks also to Mike James and Danielle Howard for their production help. You guys and gals are wizards. And of course, a shout out to Serena O'Sullivan. And last but certainly not least, thanks to you, the listener. And if you even want more helpful content, check out the Commando community. You get the Kim Commando Show national show as a podcast. Yes, commercial free and a webcast. And then for just a few bucks a month, you get access to our Q&A forum. That's for people, including me and Team Commando, swoop in and help you answer any tech question that you might have. Thanks again for listening. Good luck selling. Keep me posted on your progress. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Kim Commando. Commando.